Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. Three proven ways to increase your visibility on LinkedIn. So uh, first on the list to uh, increase visibility on LinkedIn is optimize your LinkedIn introduction card. That is the top part of your profile. So this is the stuff that we talk about all the time, your cover photo, your headline, your uh, profile picture. Make sure those are up to date, packed fully your keywords, and that your uh, cover graphic has, uh, it's a, it pops, makes the page pop, because otherwise all pages look the same if you don't have a cover photo. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kate, do you ever call it an introduction card? I've never, I mean, we've done thousands and thousands of trainings. No, I never have, but I honestly don't hate that because we always say LinkedIn is like a networking event. So like your LinkedIn profile is kind of like your business card. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it. it. Your first conversation. Yeah, we say the, the profile is your first conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, and we always say, uh, make sure you do a checkup from the neck up, you know, so that's like above the fold. So uh, right. check that uh, profile photo, cover image and all that cool stuff. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So basically, the article really talks about, you know, you want your prospects to be able to find you. So ways to do that are, you know, talking about the LinkedIn introduction card, ways to optimize that in order to get you higher up in search results is have your uh, your primary keywords that you want to be found for in your headline. And then as, as well as, you know, having a profile picture that's recognizable and up to date, that way people can recognize, oh yeah, I know that person, I've met them, and connect to you, and they'll be able to recognize you in person. So don't put a picture from 20 years ago. Um, or even 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just think it's so interesting how people with LinkedIn, you know, don't really realize that there's SEO possibilities in their LinkedIn, in their bio, in their headline, in their profiles. You know, you want to put in the keywords that you want to be searched for, just like you would on your website, because LinkedIn essentially is your website. And the biggest killer, and I'm glad they pointed it out, is the headline for me, because how many people do you see just have their default headline to their job title? And it's like, well, that doesn't tell me anything about you, how you help people, what you do. Um, And nobody's really looking, well, I won't say nobody, but, you know, a lot of people aren't really looking at just the job title. They want to know, you know, the unique things that you offer, the services, uh, the keywords, like what you want to be found for. That's what they know before they connect with you. Yeah, one thing that's really wonky with LinkedIn, so watch out for this, folks, is that when you update your your employment, your your um, experience, what happens is there's a little box that says update your headline. And so many people forget about unchecking this box. It wipes out their, their headline. And then to Kate's point, it just shows that current job title. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to do that. So yeah, no, I agree completely. So it, this article spend the, spends the bulk of it talking about 
that LinkedIn introduction card, which, you know, again, I, we've never heard it referenced to as that before, but we don't hate it. But we're so willing to change. We're, we're we are willing to change. Uh, the LinkedIn cover image, which we talk about, you know, you can use Canva for, you know, certain things that'll give you templates on how to do it. And those templates will get, uh, they're very, you know, they pop, they draw attention and, you know, that's what you want is you want people to draw attention, something to keep them on your profile, uh, something to keep them from clicking away to your profile. Uh, I think, uh, was it last week or the week before Dean talked about, uh, you know, turning off your, uh, people also viewed uh, section of your profile. So I have, I have another secret hot tip. Uh, what is it? I just tested it. Kate, you probably know this. So um, you know how we always tell you before you upload an image or picture of yourself anywhere on the internet, put your name in there, like name the picture, your name, but also put some of your keywords in the name of the picture. And now what's really popping as Jackson is using that term uh, is putting your top hashtags in the picture name hashtags popping <laughs> you said that that was jackson's term no, no, well no. he said pop three times so i just figured yeah i said the colors you know and like have a graphic that pops <laughs> but i didn't use the word popping it's okay we don't have to spend too awesome. much time. so another way to include seo in your profile like dean just that is to use those naming conventions. Um, and I wanted, since we're giving pro tips, I wanted to give one more LinkedIn headline pro tip. If you want to use special characters to make your headline pop, um, or maybe you just ran out of characters in your headline, another pro tip is that if you go on LinkedIn and edit your headline on your phone, you get a few extra characters. So if I'm on LinkedIn editing a client's headline and it's just a couple uh, characters too long. I'll always switch over to the app, and then you get, I think, ten extra characters, which can make a really big deal. So, anyway, yeah. throw that out there. You yeah, get a hundred extra characters or eighty extra characters. It's eighty. I, I counted them. Yeah, eighty. No. So, anyway, don't be um, obnoxious. Though some of them look pretty ridiculous, so just go yeah. easy on yourself. And if you update your headline on desktop, sorry, Jackson, I know we're hijacking. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, but if you if you if you go in and even edit any part of that profile uh, in on your desktop, it will wipe them out. So make sure you save them if you jump to that eighty extra eighty. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, uh, the second way to increase visibility on LinkedIn is sharing regular status updates and posting uh, LinkedIn publisher articles. So. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? So Wait, you mean like showing up and stuff? Showing yeah. up and you Wait, know, if you want it, people to look at your content, you have to put out content. I know. You gotta, it's you crazy. gotta put out. That's what we say. So yeah. Um, we're just gonna graze right past that one. And uh, you know, posting regularly on LinkedIn is gonna keep you in their newsfeed, in your first connections newsfeed. So uh make sure to you know be posting regularly regularly throughout the week. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to, they'll, you'll be at the top of their mind once they're looking for someone who does what you, what you do. Uh, and then third and finally, as we wrap up uh, the news update, is engage with your network. Engagement is key and is a good thing to remember across all social media platforms. Uh, so like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
Engagement is, you know, whether it's you engaging with them or them engaging with you, uh, linked, uh, uh, engagement is going to be the thing that drives you to the top. It's going to, you know, increase the visibility of posts, uh, you know, sharing, commenting, uh, liking, I mean, not liking as much. So commenting and sharing and adding to the conversation and not just acknowledging it that it happened like with a like, I feel like that's the big differentiation between the two. So make sure to, you know, be posting and engaging with your network uh, and then replying to comments on posts. Uh, the more activity that certain posts get, the more uh, visibility that post is going to get overall. Uh, and then another thing to remember is that people can only find you if you're in their first, second, or third degree networks, or if you guys both belong to the same group. Uh, another way is that if someone shares something, uh, outside of you, your network, then you will go uh, and be visible to their network as well. So, but that would have to happen first. So, right. And Kate, we do this, your whole department does this on behalf of our clients and us all the time. But I think a lot of people miss is that they think it's all about engaging with their own posts, but you really should be going into others' networks that are targeted to do that as well. And that works for Instagram and all the other platforms too. Yeah, without a doubt. I compare social media to an eighth grade middle school dance all the time. Sometimes I want somebody to play with you to start the dance on the dance floor to comment on your stuff. You have to start it. So if you are trying to target someone on LinkedIn, have a conversation with them, um, whether it's a potential client or a business partner or whatever it is, go comment on their posts because they're definitely going to return the favor. And I just also want to say that a lot of people are kind of scared to jump in on LinkedIn, even though it's been around for years and years and years, still scared to put out content or engage with people that they have never met before. I've just found that LinkedIn is one of the most welcoming. It's not Instagram. People aren't going to troll you. I mean, not that it doesn't happen, but people really aren't going to troll you on your posts the way they do on other social platforms. LinkedIn is a community of thought leaders who want to share and collaborate. So if you're, if you're scared a little bit to jump in, I think you should just try it, you know, put out some content, engage with others, optimize your profile. This is a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually wrote a whole chapter on that in the book about getting on the dance floor, but I didn't wait till eighth grade. You waited till eighth grade. I, w I was like <laughs> dancing, I think in sixth grade or fifth grade. I just pulled it. I just pulled a grade level. I don't know. <laughs> no matter when you decide to dance, all that matters is that you decided to dance. 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 Get right. out there and start the dance floor. That being said, thank you for tuning in for this week's uh, segment of the Influencer News Update. Uh, please make sure to engage with us on social and let us know if you want to hear certain types of articles. Uh, if you want to listen to this after the fact, you can uh, watch the recording on YouTube or listen to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, and CastBox. So make sure to check in on that. And the show notes will be in the resource center on Social Jack later today. Uh, and we will see you next week. This week's influencer guest, Tom Harness, is known as the outside the box brander, crazy suit guide, a, a craft beerian, craft beerian, I didn't even know that was a word, bowler hat wearing guy and owner of Harness Digital Media, been in business for over five years, rocking content out for his clients. So give a big welcome and applause to our friend, Tom Harness.
Tom. There he um, is. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm working on making my LinkedIn profile popping. Give me just a second. I'm making it popping. Okay. I <laughs> oh, I, I like the, uh, I like the sound effects. That was great. Dude, I thought you were going to wear one of your crazy suits. What the heck? I'm sorry. Um, you know, when you guys were talking about LinkedIn and making sure profile photos at the last minute, I decided this summer I was done with my beard. So I was like, Oh, but you'd already posted. And I'm like, that's one of my pet peeves. You know, the profile photos need to match the person. So when they make those connections, when they're out and I was like, Oh, well, we're going to go with it and use it as a teachable moment. So when you shave or change your image, update your images the to match color of your hair like Tom and I do from time to time. We do. We color it. <laughs> I color it with sunshine. Um, I don't know exactly. I try. I, I don't. I get color this part. Just this part. <laughs> it looks great. How you doing, man? I've been great. It's uh, I've been trying to keep up with you. Uh, you know, things have been busy here, but I, I, I uh, really appreciated getting the opportunity to spend some time with you and meet you and at MDMC this year. And uh, it was fun. Yeah, that was a hoot, man. And it was, uh, it was good to spend time with you on the panel and then finally getting to meet in person. And I've got to tell you, you're, we voted you in our company meeting last week. Like, Oh God. Uh, no, no. Uh, in the business influencer Alliance, you're like Alliance. You're like the influencer of the year so far. You're you participate, you contribute and, um, and you do that in the world too. So, so I'm, before we get to that though, What's the craft craft beerican? What is that? Okay, so the craft beerkins are a group of other media people. Uh, like it's a legit club. It's a it's a it's a group. It's a group. Okay, it's Kevin Huntsberger, who is a morning newscast uh, morning newscaster. That's my best friend, and he's actually retiring from that tomorrow. We've got uh, Todd Brinkley, uh, who is a home brewer. We've got Todd uh, Bryant who is a morning radio news, uh, news person. And then we have Todd Ellis, who is a uh, videographer. And, and, and we just all kind of decided to get together, talk about marketing. Um, we don't really collaborate too much together. It's just it kind of get together. We all like craft beer. We talk about it. Then we made it into a, uh, a Facebook page and we do Facebook live shows on it. And we started out, we, this was my brilliant idea. I think it was like four years ago though. We decided to do 99 episodes right? We start with episode 99 and we go down. Wow. We are now on after three or four years, 11. So it's wow. taken us that long. The goal was to do a season is that every the, year. Is that the Spinal Tap episode? I think you should name it after Spinal Tap. I, th I think so. I, I, the show I really goes do. to 11. <laughs> it's done. It's done. So we always have to explain. So we started out with 99 and, the, and we're going we're gonna to end with, with one, but uh, we gonna all end, like craft beer. Are you going to end it then? With the time commitment that we have now, yes. And we'll probably redistribute some content. And honestly, we probably could have taken it into a, a small business model. We had a lot of other breweries and other bottles, but we just, we did, you know, when you make something a business, it's no longer fun. It's not a hobby. And we wanted it to be a hobby. Drinking should be a hobby. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, hobbies should be a hobby too and not, not all work. So, oh, yes, I agree. So how did you come to, I know you and I talked about this, but for the people listening, how did you come to um, uh, really getting to the, the crazy suits and the bowler hat? Did those happen together or is that a, you know? You know, I, I, I have to admit some of the branding I got really lucky with. 
Uh, and some of it defies odds because you really should be kind of known for that one thing. But I've got specific demographics that I connect with and I've been able to figure out how to do that. And I've got to tell you, there's no formula. I've just been very lucky. Uh, but the, Chris, the, the ugly Christmas or the suits started out four, four years ago when uh, I was kind of going through a funk at Christmas time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic. I like the Christmas mass. I like all that good stuff. And uh, it just didn't feel like Christmas. And I remember being a kid, being playful and being fun. And I'm like, why isn't I'm, I'm, you know, 40, 42, whatever it was back then. I'm like, why can't it be that way again? And I'm, I'm laying in bed and I, you and I both suffer from insomnia and I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm underneath the covers so I don't bother my wife. And I'm looking at Facebook and looking at content, getting ideas. This ad from this company called Shinesty popped up and it was a Christmas suit and it was, they called them ugly Christmas suits. And I was like, I don't know, it was an epiphany. And at that point you have to know, Dean, my character was, there was nothing about me being outspoken. I, I was very withdrawn and something came over me and I'm like, I'm going to buy this Christmas suit and spread Christmas cheer. That, that's as simple as that. I bought the suit. Uh, I told my family, they thought I was crazy, my wife and daughter. And I started wearing it to work and people noticed and uh, people wanted to start kind of getting photos at Christmas time. And someone had mentioned, and I wish I could remember who it was. I really do. They, they mentioned that I should uh, 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 turn it into a fundraiser if, they're, if I'm going to get donations. And I love giving back to my community. So that's always been something that I'm passionate about. So I created the Ugly Christmas Suit Fundraiser. Uh, and, and over the last four years, I wear a Christmas suit. Uh, Starting at Giving Tuesday, I wear it every day, every day, except for church. I don't wear it to church uh, until whatever our target goal is to raise is raised. So if wow. it's 3000 5000 8000 I wear it until the money is raised. So I, I figured if people got annoyed with me enough, that would be another motivation for them to donate. Uh, and, I, and I always choose charities that are very or are little unknown have no marketing, no real social media presence because part of what I do is I go in and help educate them on how to use and leverage social media for that. So that, that was kind of the goal. And then um, four suits and then they obviously have other suits and it just, it turned into a branding uh, component uh, and people expected it and they loved it. And you know what? <laughs> the, the coolest part about when you find your niche with branding is you don't feel like you have to do it. It's just a part of you. And, and, right. and you're not, you're not forcing it. It's not like, Oh, I got to go wear a suit today or, you know, it, it's, it's just fun. And then I find holiday, you know, there's holidays for everything. So I decided to relive a little bit of glory from MDMC and I uh, wore the Mario one. So and that was one of my favorite ones. And uh, I, I want to mention uh, real quick um, because, uh, you know, I, I had remembered and then it was in the notes here about you uh, being a U.S. Army veteran. And I have a whole family that represents all four branches, which is interesting when you get people together, how that works. Uh, but, uh, you know, family picnic get, get really competitive, you know, when you have branches of the military. <laughs> Um, and so uh, one of the things that struck me is that you had some suits that represented the military. And, and did you make those? Because those look pretty badass. You know, I mean, it was like you had red, white and blue and then you had patches on there. So how did that come about? So and, oh, uh, thank you for serving. By the way. 
you're welcome. And honestly, it was a very it's it was an honor to serve my country and and your family. Thank them too because uh, it, it means a lot to me. That's that's the one thing that hits me in my heart. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty much a hundred percent guy with no emotion. But when it comes to anything veteran related, I'm a I'm a I'm a baby. Yeah. But uh, the suit I bought again through the same comp- the Oppo suits and Shinesty. And then I had a, a bunch of veterans organizations start to give me some patches and, and I decided to put it on. And then I went uh, on the first two honor flights uh, here uh, in Southern Illinois. And when we flew out, I, I got a couple of patches from some of the people that I'd, I went on the, on the trip with. And then I lost some family members that were in the army uh, last year. And I decided I wanted to take them with me and, and honor them too and draw attention to veterans in a different way, in a positive way. Uh, so I, I wear that suit probably the most and it's probably my, my happiest, but there's the big red one, uh, for my stepdad who passed away and another father figure, Mike Gabe, who passed away. Uh, I've got a CB one on there that was from, uh, Bill Logan, who was served as a CB during the Korean war. And then I have my dad that raised me, uh, LB, he was a Navy guy. So I have his on there. And then I've got some other organizations like disabled vet, uh, and, uh, and, and I just put them on and I've, I've kind of just added a little bit and then I put my patch on, yes. um, funny, funny story real quick. I was sitting in California, uh, at a veteran owned brewery and this guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, I, uh, I'm, I'm a disabled vet. I, I, I suffer and I want to, I want to make you a patch, uh, and I want you to put it on your suit. So, uh, I, I gave him my patch. He made it. I put it on. And we've, we've connected on Instagram and we've stayed uh, connected on there for forever. But he made that, he made my, my company patch, which I call the Thunder Chicken. Uh, it's the Thunderbirds, but we, we joked about it and called it Thunder Chickens. But it was a great opportunity and, and it was amazing to have social media, especially Instagram, to be able to, to stay in touch with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Now, um, let's, um, before we uh, jump to social media and some marketing cool stuff and, and sort of how you got here uh, to this point, um, Cubs fan or St. Louis, you're living in St. Louis, but are you? Well, I live in, I live in Illinois. I live in Southern Illinois. That's right. I live in Southern Illinois. Um, but we're, but everything we really have to go there, but 100,000% Chicago Cubs fan, uh, until the day I die. (laughs) <laughs> that's great that's great awesome man um so tell me a little bit how did you you know wh- what did you transition from like was it directly from the service into marketing or how'd you decide it was like hey i can i can help people with this marketing i pretty much stayed at a holiday inn express <laughs> no that's all it takes sometimes that's all it takes no when i got out of the military uh i ended up going in to uh education I taught uh, fifth grade for six years. I taught kindergarten through uh, eighth grade technology classes for three. I taught three semesters at SIU. Uh, And then um, education in Illinois was kind of just taking a really weird turn. And uh, honestly, I I I just, I think I was on a path to get uh, educated and learn a little bit to build up to the next level. I, I was a chief information officer at a local winery and destination center for two and a half years. And my wife, really encouraged me to kind of do my own consulting and do something. I took some time off and thank God, cause she let me, uh, and this opportunity with social media came up and someone said, Hey, I've got some clients that want to do social media. And I, and me being a very methodical military person, I said, well, let me look into it. And I, I researched and business model and went to the SBDC and set up everything. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. 
Uh, and that was uh, five, five, six years ago. So uh, it, it, that's it, opportunity. And then I, I truly embraced the business and I truly embraced the, the, the digital marketing aspect once I embraced who I was and my suits and the branding. And, uh, you know, it's incredibly scary to put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I figured, you know, my wife always said, you're an all or nothing person. So I said, I better just jump right in. And I did it and it's, it's worked. And obviously it comes with its own uh, pluses and, and downsides. But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, I, I try to make a difference not only for our clients, my team, our, but our community. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, whenever I talk to people, and you know, if you think about our lifetime, you know, I've been I've been in marketing slash sales capacity for probably at least thirty years, and um, it's had a ton of evolutions. But when social came along, uh, what, what was your first job? I wanted to ask that. What okay, so my very first job was uh, at uh, uh, groceries. I, I packed groceries and stocked shelves in South Dakota because that's where I was born. I was born in Spearfish, South Dakota, and I was living in Rapid City. So that's what I was. That was my very first job. Yeah. So I, you know, I was bussing tables in hospitality and you remember that story. And so I, um, you know, I just learned how to network and how to connect to people like at a super early age, thanks to my dad too. And, um, and so what's funny is I'm always curious why when social came out, it was like, I can do that, you know, cause you said, I'm going to give this a try, you know, or I'm going to do this. And it's like, nobody knew what this was when they decided to do this, you know, but it was like, there was something that drew them to it. What drew you to, to social media in the first place? I think because it was the polar opposite of who I was. Ah, that's awesome, I, re- dude. I really do. I, I think something inside me uh, knew that I needed to do this in order to get out of my shell to become who I, I needed to be or who I wanted to be. Yeah. And, and I couldn't do half the things I do in the community and the things if I was, uh, I don't like to say old Tom, I just, you know, I was the typical, almost borderline kind of programmer. I had, I had some, you know, technology background. I mean, I'd go home. I like to sit in the language. What language? Oh, back then was just DOS and a little bit of, a little bit of Java, but I don't, you know, and, and, and that was it. Um, I I was COBOL, basic basic assembler language, uh, RPG and Fortran. Fortran's okay. Now you're really dating yourself. You need to stop that. Stop right there. RPG, I think too, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, mm, Fortran for sure. Fortran. Well, basic assembler language. I don't. I still can't find anybody that does that. <laughs> if you, you know what, you're probably a, a hot commodity if you can still do that because there's probably not a lot of people and there's probably one machine that's <laughs> that running needs some love. That needs some love. <laughs> and hopefully, it's not running the government. <laughs> Oh, no, it is. That's yeah, exactly. It's probably where it's probably, you know, it'll be that knock on the door in the middle of the night. Mr. (laughs) We need you to come with us. (laughs) That'd be great. We need some Fortran and basic assembler help. Isn't that funny? I was, um, man, we never talked about this, but I, I was one of the fastest coders and I learned a bunch of languages and I was just a natural at coding. And like you, I'd go and I'd just be pounding out. I was like a master at subroutines and and all kinds of different levels of code. And, and I just like loved it and I picked up on it, but then I realized I was so fast. I was a highly social person as well. So I was very logical. Like I had both sides of this brain going on, fighting each other. 
And, and so, or two personalities as my wife would say. And, and so, but then I would be like, I got to get back to the people. So I'm going to write this code really fast. And then I became fast at writing code so I could get to the people. And then you had it to, to sort of serve that part of you that you were hungry to be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your your wife and my wife should not get together and compare notes then because it sounds like there's a lot of comparisons there. We don't need to do that. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So um, so so social media, you know, what? Do you, OK, so you've been you've been in it for a little bit now and you see where it's going. You see where it's at. What's your what's your viewpoint on on how it serves us today? You know, uh, I, I've had a lot of of really soul searching on that. And sometimes I feel like, you know, uh, am I providing a service that is, is enhancing the business, making the world a better place? And, and that's, there's mixed answers there. That's why it's, it's hard for me. But I think uh, I have a real good friend uh, that I, I, it's kind of a, he's kind of a mentor, Russ Williams. And we talk about intent, uh, people's intentions. And it's sometimes only that person knows that, what their intentions are. And I think for me, the intention is to help model and that's the, probably the educator, the teacher, me model these businesses, uh, small businesses, medium size to be very ethical and to have um, uh, something in place to contribute. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, they want return on investment and they want all that and they want branding. But what they really want to create is a social community that goes to bat for them when there is a problem. Because customer service isn't just doing what you're supposed to do for the customers. It's what, what you do when things go bad and when they go wrong. And that's what people really want to know. And anymore, it's not people talking about you or your business at the water cooler. They're going straight on social media and they're, you know, leaving reviews and, and talking and communicating. And I think what I want to, what I, I hope that my team and I do uh, is that we give them the sense of, of responsibility and the importance because there's still people in the Midwest that think that social media is a fad and it's, 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 they don't need it and they're being so far left behind and it's sad. And then they're, they're asking those questions. What can I, you know, what did I do for my business? What can I do for my business? Well, you, you, I'm sorry, you're being forced into it now. Well, that or they're in complete denial. I mean, the thing that drives me nuts is when people are like, well, it's just not working or it doesn't work. And, and, and it's like, well, what, you know, what part of it doesn't work? We've, you know, we're, we're building a community around your business. It's no different than the old fashioned, let's grow our list and send uh, newsletters, right? Absolutely. Um, and so now, now it's like, but you need to tend to the community. And so, you know, we do a real job. Kate's team does a really good job at tending to that community, you know, on all sides. And so what I, what I'm always fascinated by is this whole discussion about ROI and, and people not seeing the value in, you know, the hard work of generating the content and, and building the community and being thought leaders out in the world, which is what drove me to, you know, just pump the book out because I've been talking about this for over 20 years now and I'm tired. Of, so I was like, I got to put it in a book so people might listen to me now. So, Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard when you, you know what your value is and translating that to other people. Um, you know, one of the things that we did early on was we, we set, like you do, we set goals with them. And, and the other thing that social media does that people forget is it's working 24 seven, 365 forever. And people interact at different times and different intervals. So, I mean, especially on Twitter, I'll still have something from two or three years ago that someone just came across and they liked, or they tweeted. And I'm like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. 
but, but they do, it, there's just so much that comes with, with social media for business. And it's not just them clicking a link or going somewhere. There's so much uh, of a chain reaction uh, for the content and, and it gets reused and repurposed and it's not just one and done. Uh, that's what I love about it. And you have numbers, you have data. That's so important for me to be able to physically show that. So, so I got to ask you this. Maybe you can help us through this conversation too. There's a lot of people that um, did you just give someone the finger. No, that, someone just walked in. And I wanted to tell them I, I was a little bit. So it's all good. No, I'm just teasing. That's what I always say when people. I go, oh, I'm number one. You, you are, and so are they. Um, but you know, with with the fact is, sometimes we'll still have our traditional companies because we deal a lot. In, in banks and accounting firms and law firms and, and you know, financial advisory, you know, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. They're a little slow moving and to understand things, but we really care about them and want them to be successful. And they're still wrapped in this. Well, our, you know, we want more followers, you know, especially on LinkedIn. We know how hard that was over the last, you know, five years. But the idea is, you know, we want more followers, we want more followers. And we're like, what about engagement? You know, can't we count engagement? And some people are still not getting that. What do you tell them? You know, it's, it's a combination. You know, we focus on not only reach, engagement, and followers. And obviously, they play off of each other. Right. You know, the more followers that you have, the more chance you have for engagement. Obviously, hopefully, the more reach you get. You're going to, you know, organically, you're going to get about 10 to 20% on Facebook. Anything over that, you're doing really good with your content. Uh, but you know, being consistent, education. I mean, just going into my teacher mode and it has to be their idea. It has to be, you know, now, but the problem is, and, and I know you know this too in your team, when they decide that sometimes it's too late in their field and their competition because so many people have a drop on it online. And, and that's, there is a sense of urgency. Um, but I think that you also, it's, it's a relationship. So they have to fit, you know, we're not a good fit for, for all uh, of, of potential clients. We are very outside the box. We make people nervous, uh, you know, but uh, it, it, it's, that's what you have to have anymore. Content can't just be content. It, it's, it's just, it's like everything else. It becomes mundane. And that's why you have to think outside the box and come up with creative ideas once or twice a month for your, for your companies. And I think getting them excited. And what I also like Dean is, if you do it right and you get them excited about social media or digital marketing, they fall back in love with their business. They see their business a way they never saw it before. And they find, because let's be honest, being a business owner isn't fun 24 seven. And I mean, I'm hoping someday when it wears off for me that someone rejuvenates me and there's something new and I'm like, Oh my God, that's great. And, but I think that's what you do for your clients. And I know that's what we do for ours is we give them that, that way to look and rejuvenate and see opportunities and potentials they didn't see before. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm sure you do this too, because you're an educator like myself and both my parents were teachers. And I think it was just in my blood to, to teach um, and to develop courses. Cause it's like an insane passion of mine. But the, uh, the idea is, you know, I, I think, I think as much as we teach, it's always interesting to find out how much people grasp. I'll have people that have been attending my webinars for a decade. You know, they've attended like 
30 sessions and I'll be like, what are you doing? It's not like I really want you to write me a check, but I want you to write me a check or do something. I'm looking online and you're watching and listening. And, and why aren't you doing anything? You know, and it's, it's, I think that's probably the most frustrating part. And the fact that in our business, you know, we, we stay up late, we work early, we, we fight to find out that next nugget or thing because the stuff's changing all the time. Uh, and so um, I sort of know how we keep up on it, but how do you keep up on all of it? Uh, team, I keep up with my team uh, and I listen. Uh, I, when, I, when I go out and, and in the community, when I go out and people ask questions or they come in, you know, like today when I did my, my uh, weekly harness your hump day, uh, this week I had three people ask, ask me about chatbots. So that's what I talked about today uh, and gave some overview on, on chatbots. And you just, you listen, you slow. Sometimes we go so fast and I'm guilty of this too. We go a million miles a minute that we do need to slow down and listen and, and see. And that's how I, I listen, read. I read a ton. I know you do too. Uh, lots of blog articles. Um, I, I test podcasts, podcasts. podcasts too. But honestly, I, I like to listen to my team and, and they have great ideas. Uh, we have a part-time and an intern this summer, and he's bringing a lot of energy and a lot of new ideas, and I love it. I mean, that's what's great about having people like that come in your business. But I'm not a, I, I don't know everything, uh, but I try to keep up. And I, the thing is, I try to be authentic too, and I don't, I don't pretend to know everything. If I don't, I research it, and I let people know I'll research it, and I let them know my, my honest opinion. But that's how I, I keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting, but, uh, but I think the fact that we continue to teach uh, in this realm uh, just forces us to, to stay on our toes. And to your point, Kate and her team do a great job as well as Jackson and his team about making sure that we're learning and teaching and producing and, you know, uh, helping others. Um, let's talk about um, user generated content real quick. So mm-hmm. you're, you're dealing in the content space pretty heavily like we are. Um, what are you seeing and, and what do you see working and what do you see that people need to do more of? Oh man. Well, I mean, it's redundant. Um, I, I, they say this every year, but video, uh, you know, it, it, video, 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 um, doing captioning, which is something that we, we don't do a lot. And I think there's a misconception too, that, uh, you have to have the overly produced video. I think that works really well sometimes, but let's just go to YouTube and see how many unicorn cat rainbow videos there are and the, how low quality that is. So, you know, it, it's, it's again, finding that content that's short, sweet to the point and uh, getting it connected. And then the other thing that they, that we see with content is, is just getting it distributed, uh, you know, specifically, and, and we don't, you know, completely work with Facebook, but we work with other platforms, but the groups, finding groups that you can yeah. redistribute content in is going to be huge. And there's a lot of a human element to this. Uh, as much as you can have automation there, that's why you have a team. That's why you hire people like your business and mine to do that for businesses. And it's not, if, if people want automation, they are completely losing their money. There's a certain amount, like when I talked about chat, chat bots, that you can do, but there's nothing like true, authentic interaction. Uh, and that's like for us, they write content a week or two out. Uh, and then we go back and monitor and review and, and we're, we're not cookie cutter. And that's how we sell ourselves. If you want cookie cutter, Hey, guess what? We're not for you at yeah, all. Right. Yeah. It's, that's good stuff. Um, and then, um, so what do you see in like, so with video, are you, 
uh, are you getting your clients to do more stuff like this with live uh, stream and things like that? You know, we push that. They're still very nervous. We still either, if they're regional or close, we go. Otherwise, we write a script. We come up with a concept, an idea outside the box, and we send it to them and we ask them to send the video to us. We put it together and then we write the content and we distribute it that way. And that seems to have, have worked really well because as you know, in our business, you have to be able to have the option to scale. There's nothing like the one-on-one. Nothing's ever going to beat that. But we do have to have options uh, and, and we do have clients outside of the, the area as well. And that's how, how it works. Communication. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's like uh, we've we've hit uh, hit close to and I think exceeded about 500 uh, streams of some nature per year. Oh it's like, man, that is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that, that's Jackson, that team back there. So when he was looking serious, it's probably because he's thinking about the other two that have to go on at the same time. This is going on. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I actually thought Kate was going to be on here too. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad it's an intimate interview with just Dean, but you know, I was hoping I would get some, an opportunity to, to talk and pick their brains too. But I know they don't have at time the, for me. At the end, we bring them on. So we oh. get that feedback, yeah. So All right. Yeah, so we uh, we get on there as well. So um, so you also used uh, a leveraged social media, I must say. Uh, you're a new elected alderman of Ward <laughs> 2 in Carterville, Illinois. Yes, the people elected this, yes. <laughs> so do you walk around the... Uh, <laughs> The community? Yeah, the community with that. So funny story. Uh, when I ran, uh, you know, when you really know about branding, you understand what you're getting into. And uh, not everybody, contrary to what people think, not everybody knows me in our, in our community. So I didn't want the first impression to be of a guy in a suit because I thought to myself, what if I walked up and I didn't know this person and they were introducing themselves and saying they were running for city council? I would not take them seriously at all. So I really balanced out and toned down the suits during that period. But when I went door to door, the number one question was, where's your suit? Oh my God. So, so yeah. Personal brand in play, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, did, did my personal branding um, go into that? Yes. But it was other avenues that I looked at to just door to door, having meetups, using Facebook events to create meetups for people. And then honestly, the day of, uh, I was within limits, but I just stood out on the corner where everybody had to come in, um, a normal suit, my patriotic tie had my sign and I just waved and, uh, and that was it because I know a lot of people I didn't reach. So I, I walked 60% of, of my ward and there was about 1,600 registered voters, but um, I used, I used, definitely used my personal branding to, to leverage that. And, uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised to be able to come in first time and, 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 and win by, you know, 32 votes. I'll take it. So <laughs> how many people are in the town? Or in the uh, we are right at about 5,500. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And we're kind of a Southern Illinois, all the towns are real close together. So we're close to Carbondale and Marion, some other towns. So, uh, and it's just, it's a wonderful community. Uh, I've only been here 10 years and uh, we, my family, my daughter and my wife and I, we love it. Uh, My business is here uh, and uh, my daughter goes to school. So it's, we have an invested interest in in the community and I want to continue to, to do that. And we're, I'm pushing them to leverage social media. I'm probably one of the most open 
alderman they've ever had with <laughs> posting. And, and, and I'm sure it makes the mayor a little nervous, but I told right. him, I said, hey, if, you, if it makes you too nervous, just call me and, and we'll talk. But yeah. I believe in transparency and communication. And, and right now, what better way to do that than with uh, social media? Yeah, you're forcing those other uh, politicians to step up their game is what you're doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to stop you right there. Not a politician. <laughs> right. Servant you're a community leader. servant. Yeah, servant, servant leadership. I believe servant. 100% in servant leadership. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, that was a good, that was a good correction. Um, so what about, uh, what about favorite tools that you use? Uh, you know, and, and I don't, I, I try not to plug uh, anything, but I like to share what we use and what we've had really good, um, uh, use with in my team. And we've, we've gone from where we've used, uh, Hootsuite to Nuvi, and now we use Agora Pulse. We're really happy with our, our content, our scheduling, uh, the options that we have in Agora Pulse, the reporting, uh, for our clients that we go after, it, that is a perfect medium. Uh, tech support's been great. Uh, I wish I could say they're they're based out of France. I wish I could tell you that my my year or two that I had of French in high school paid off, but it absolutely did not. Uh, I can pick up some words, uh, but it's absolutely horrible. Uh, we'd use that. We use Canva. Uh, we. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other things that we do. Uh, we, we just try to, I guess those are the two biggest ones. Oh, and the business wouldn't be the business if we didn't use, we use Google business docs. So, oh, yeah, for sure. so everything is there. We get our clients, we keep everything in there. Um, my goal was when we create this business, if something happened to me or if a building burnt down, um, could the business still go forward? And it absolutely can. And that's because we're 100% cloud-based. So we do have an office, but it, we're, it's cloud-based. Yeah, same here, same here. What about you? Do you have some, some tools that you guys use? Yeah, we use, um, uh, we use Social Report. We're looking at, uh, it's funny you said France, we're looking at a product out of Romania. It was a guest on our show that we had a few weeks ago. A great looking product, um, and it's progressing fast called Planable. So we're looking at taking a, dipping our toe in the water with that. Um, and then like you, Canva, Jackson and his team, uh, we have a whole team that uses the Adobe suite of products, but that's above my pay grade. So I really don't dabble in that. Our, our intern, Sam, uh, he's using that uh, right now. So, yeah. uh, and, and it does. a lot of power, but it's a, it, you got to have a lot of knowledge to wield those tools. Oh my gosh, you do. And then, of course, you probably go into business mode because everything is, you know, time, expense, you know, so if you're going to do that, then, you know, for clients, that means that you, it has to be profitable. Well, I know Jackson's backup is listening in Alex, but I asked him, I said, I need a proposal for this, even if it's internal, you know, it's like, how many hours is that going to take? Uh, and you better have a craft beer before you get that proposal and read it. Oh my God. Right. Um, yeah. And then there's a bunch of video tools that I know they use. I, I still use Camtasia when I'm building courses and things. Really? Yeah, I still use Camtasia. Uh, I still like that for me. It's, you know, it's like, I think it's like anything you get used to a certain tool and you just adapt to that tool. You do you know? do any captioning? Do you have any captioning yeah. software? Well, um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I know Kate and Jackson use some captioning software. So we'll ask her when she jumps back on. Um, and then uh, uh, sort of last but not least is who are some of uh, the people that you follow and tune into so that, um, you can continue to learn in your knowledge, you know, some favorite uh, books, podcasts, uh, you know, whatever. Well, I, I'm actually a friend from MDMC sent me the mentor leader 
by Tony Dungy. Ah, so that's, that, that's next on my list to read. Um, I read a lot of leadership and coaching books. Um, I also like, uh, I'm a big Gary Vee fan, uh, mostly because I can't, I can't, I live vicariously through him. I, I, I my personality being former military, I could totally be a Gary Vee, but it just isn't conducive for uh, an alderman and a community person and a father of a 13 year old. So right, exactly. I, I can't pull that off. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't get to follow you as much. I really like your team. Uh, I like the content that you guys put out as well. And then, uh, I guess just random podcasts. I, I, oh, and Agora Pulse actually puts out uh, a podcast and they, they like put things to the test. They test certain features. And I love that because they, they show the data and they talk about it. So instead of reading a blog where they just give you the results and you're like, okay, so how did you get these? They actually go through and tell you that. So those are the ones that I, I pretty much do. And then I read, I just read a lot of, you know, social media examiner, yeah. uh, social business journal. I know it's so hard when we're looking at the news, like what's the one article we can pick? It's like, come on, really? Uh, we tried doing two and three and it's just not enough time to talk about it. So I said, let's just pick one a week and, and we'll figure it out. But Kate says that software is hand break, hand in break. Yeah. It's All right. Hey, Kate, if you're listening, can you put that in the, in one of the notes or so I can go back yeah. and look, cause I'll go back and if anybody had questions or anything, but I'll, I'll go back in and I'll take a look at it. Yeah. She's jumping on here with us next. We're going to bring her in and sort of get some feedback on what she heard because they're tweeting and, and following in the background there. So, um, Kate, why don't you, why don't you come back on? And then, um, we have a couple of winners too, uh, in our, uh, uh, so we'll give those uh, winners names out here in a few minutes. But Kate, what did you what did you hear? So something that Tom doesn't know about me, but some of our listeners probably Ooh. do now, is that I did radio um, in South Georgia for years before I came, and that's where I kind of got bit by the marketing bug. Um, but what what is so interesting is hearing you talk about. It was a small town in Georgia, and hearing you talk about. Um, your experiences with being in like a smaller town in Illinois, because we're so deep in it in Chicago and working with global companies. Sometimes it's just when we have meet people who aren't up on the digital marketing, it's like, there's so many companies here. Everybody's doing it. Like, how are you guys behind? And I can't even imagine like what you're dealing with. And when I was dealing with salespeople and radio in South Georgia and how that, cutthroat sales attitude that they had just didn't go far at all there, you know, and the, the ROI and the client retention was so low because they didn't have that serving, uh, what did you call it? Your serving servant leadership. servant leadership, servant leadership. I mean, I freaking loved that. And I think that, um, not just in a small town, but in bigger corporations and bigger companies, and particularly in marketing with this whole authenticity shift right now where we're seeing people not selling but serving. Um, I just think that you you hit it right on the money and what you're doing out there is, you know, just amazing. That, that town needs you so bad. Um, well, th well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I think it's a struggle just at from a small business, small area. I would just, I would make the assumption that big global businesses would know and get it. So that, I think that would make me even more frustrated. <laughs> I make that assumption sometimes too. It's funny because when we're on calls, Dean sometimes is texting me like, slow it down, put it in layman's terms because I don't hear <laughs> metrics and engagement. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know what's helped me with that is I find a medium they're comfortable with 
And then I, at the teacher mode in me converts that. So if they're comfortable with newspaper, I, I kind of do everything uh, related to that. Radio, TV, I try to change the terms and make those analogies for them. Hold on, I'm starting a fire. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely, because we're all teachers and we're all, and we're all learners, you know, especially in this space as things change all the time. Yo, absolutely. Know, it's, yeah, it's funny because whenever I, I'll do a, a talk or something like that or even a workshop, I'm like, all right, you got to go less. You got to go less. It's too much. It's too much. You got to go less. <laughs> you know, it's actually just speaking 101. I've been where people want complete data and, and that's all they speak. So you have to know your audience, you know, and, and I think you learn that as you go through. If you're talking to a, a single business owner or a marketing person, it, you, you learn. But, you know, Kate, you're sometimes you have to give them the big words and that because they want you to sound important. And then others are like, why are you talking over my head? You're making me feel belittled. You know, it, it's, 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 it is hard. You have to, again, it goes back to the relationship. You're not going in there selling. You should already have established a relationship and you go in and you have a communication, you have a dialogue and you have a conversation. That's what it's really yeah. about. And I yep. say, I get them to buy. I'm not selling. So <laughs> <laughs> they're buying. I'm not selling. That's right. Oh man! Yeah. All right. Well, we have a couple of winners, and uh, one of them actually chimed in here. Uh, Jimmy Z chimed in and said, "Handbrake is a French app, which means Tom, that's right up your alley." So now that you're in French mode, uh, it works great as a video cruncher converter on many apps, and it's free. Is it, I wonder if that's the same one. Is it Kate? Yeah, Handbrake. Mm -hmm. That's dot, what I like. Dot and fr. I can't tell these uh, extensions. That's the website, but it's a it's a program that you'll download. Um, talked about it before on Influence Factory. I'll make sure we put it in the show notes and thank you the in Business Influencer Alliance. But um, to me, it's the easiest one. If I can figure it out and then teach my interns and my content writers and the production team, anybody can do it. How much time do you spend on it for like per, you know, hour per whatever? Like how, how much does, do you have to go back in and, and spend on it to correct things? Um, it just depends on the quality. Uh, one thing I will, I will say is that it uses, I go through YouTube and so it uses YouTube's automatic captions. Oh, really helped me with is to kick that last bit of the Georgia accent because the clearer you speak, the better it makes the subtitles for you and the least you have to clean it up. Man, own that Georgia accent. That's not, man, come on. <laughs> come on. Don't well, change who you are. It reminds you to speak clear. But if I'm doing my own video and I know exactly what I was saying, I can go through a couple minute video in less than five minutes. If it's Dean's video and I don't know what words are coming up next, then I actually have to listen. Or what the hell he's saying. Right. Yeah, clearly. Um, it probably takes me closer to 10, but I think it's one of the best ones. And the, the best thing about it is that there's tons of YouTube tutorials out there on how to walk through it. So that always helps. I like to watch a video. Video yeah. I do things. So that's how we all learn these days, right? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So winners are winners this week of the Starbucks gift cards. Jimmy Z on Zoom, and then on BIA Live, Bonnie Frank. I know Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie. Do you know Bonnie? I do know Bonnie from uh, well, from way back MDMCs. She is amazing. She's a great video video person too, and I and I love her. And she's just a sweetheart. Uh, and and she really stepped up her branding over the last year too. She's just awesome. And she's got that million dollar smile. So 
Amen. Amen. And um, all right. And on next week's uh, show, we have um, we have what we're calling the Madison mashup. I'm going up for craft. Uh, I think craft beer and uh, it's yeah, craft marketing with AMA yep. at a brewery. So there we go. Yep. That'll be Tuesday night. And with then our Wednesday, past guest, Greg Michio. Yeah, Greg Michio. And then we are going the next day to American Families Dream Bank, which is this giant incubator building. And we're doing Madison mashup episode with Greg Michio, DP Knudin, uh, Nick Myers, and Spencer X. Smith. So it's going to I guess be- my invite for the craft beer one got lost in the mail somewhere. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to say when you were talking about drinking and craft beer being your hobby, because that's one of mine. And so one of the things I do when I travel is I hit up a craft brewery because then I don't have to say drinking is my hobby. It's traveling to craft breweries. I own it. Drinking's my hobby. Well, um, and, and Tom, whenever you want to venture up, um, I am officially inheriting a kegerator with some craft beer that my buddy makes because he doesn't want to have the craft uh, kegerator and I do, and he's giving it to me as a gift. And then- a Great friend. And then he's teaching me how to make craft beer. So I am going to start. I stop at that. Everybody asks me if I want to make craft beer and the the answer is absolutely no. I want want to to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it. I'm actually, I've judged a couple of beer uh, uh, down here, beer contests down here, and I'm working on getting certified uh, as a beer judge too, so I can do that. So um, yeah, you should look into that. Kate, you should look into that. I was going to say, does that mean you drink for free? Because that sounds awesome. The answer is yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. But right. you have to drink good and bad. Awesome. And, and I'm also looking at, uh, at, at working on distilling my own bourbon. So anybody listening out there, if you have tips on that, or if you uh, have some ideas, thoughts, direction, I'm starting to look into that too. So my wife would like that. She's uh, she's the hard liquor person. I'm the craft yeah, beer guy. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the bourbon guy. So I will uh, add craft beer. So, and throw a cigar in there. Okay. I'll be over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, it's been a true delight. Thank you so much for being on with us. We appreciate you so much. And uh, thank you, Kate. I don't know if you heard, I gave him the, uh, uh, so far the BIA member of the year so far, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We voted you unanimously at our last marketing meeting. It was fun. Well, then does that, does that mean next time I'm up there, I'm, I'm eligible for a free beer? Absolutely. Yeah. I've got eligible for a free beer anytime you come by. All right. Done. And we keep it on tap here too. So whatever that, whatever it is, you can have it. So road trip. All right. Well, listen, Tom, thank you so much. And thank you to the audience and the listeners out there. We wouldn't be here without you. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode for episode 67, the Madison mashup. And uh, Kate, thank you and the team and Jackson out there, wherever you are and Alex for stepping in at the last minute. So thanks everybody. And we'll thank you. See you online. Take care. Hey. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. 
Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.